Hey, podcast world. Thank you for checking out the Coach Fury podcast once again. We're up to three. We made it to three, so we got a trilogy happening. And we're kicking this one off with a very close friend of mine, somebody I've been working with for three years now. I think we met three years ago. Four? Four, four I think. Yeah, four this January. Yeah. Wow, four years. Uh, Danielle Almeida uh, from Original Strength Institute and Original Strength. She's a co-owner in both of those programs. And we met as I was helping to co-host the first Original Strength Workshop. It was called Foundations One in New York um, in January 2012. Yeah. It's crazy. 2013. No, that was 2013. Yes, 2013. I met Tim in 2012. So it was 2013. So yeah, four years ago. And I was a co-host of that. And that one had this magical power where we didn't realize it at the time, but sort of like an earlier version of the assistance team started forming for that course. So it was like, we, we, I knew we had some people signing up and then all of a sudden a bunch of friends started texting me like, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. There's this other thing happening. And I got to be a part of that. So uh, that led to a lot of us later on becoming the original, uh, original strength assistant team and then uh, instructor team. And now with me and my buddy, Rick Garcia, we're the two original strength lead instructors. And for those like Tim Anderson tends to have like the bigger face, not because his head is huge, but guys like Danny has been there from the beginning, like really doing a lot of the behind the scenes work. And if you go to the pro courses, uh, also doing a lot on the, the pro course, which used to be called the level two. So I think it's really rad that we get to talk to her. Um, she's got a lot of interesting stuff to say. She, say she hustles and juggles a lot. So we're going to talk about that. But uh, Danny, welcome to the Coach Free Podcast. Why don't you say hello and um, uh, where are you from? Anything that I might have missed on that? Awesome. Well, hey guys. Uh, like you said, I'm Danny and I. Uh, have, like you said, been around uh, with Original Strength and Original Strength Institute uh, for, I guess, going on six years now. Um, I love what I do. I feel very, very blessed to do what I do. Uh, but I would say there is so much more than just that, as I am also the mother of two, uh, I guess they're not toddlers anymore. It's crazy how fast it goes. But I have a five-year-old little boy, just turned five yesterday, and a three Oh, we had our first freeze on the podcast. What are the chances that that would happen? Did you, <laughs> did you totally just lose everything that I said? I, I just lost. It started with the five-year-old, and, uh, and then we lost. I don't know whose side that was on. It was on mine. Um, I am so sorry. <laughs> so, um, all right, is it still going? So, guys. We're, uh, we're, still, re we're still recording. So, let, let, let's, um, I think I might have an edit point there. Or we're just going to say, hey, holy. I was going to say, if you don't, uh, this is the story of my life. So this is just what <laughs> motherhood is like. Uh, it's just can be chaotic. And so I was saying I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And uh, a lot of things come up uh, unplanned. And you just kind of have to roll with things, uh, which keeps life really, really super exciting. And I know you dads do the same thing, too. But um, but uh, it's Life is, life is full and busy and awesome. Uh, I will say one thing. I actually just said the word busy. I hate the word busy. I really prefer the word full. Um, so just a little side note there. <laughs> I've never thought about busy versus full. Busy versus full. Yeah, uh, I feel like busy just seems like a negative word. And like it's like taking over and it's a negative, you know? Like when someone says, oh, I'm busy. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you know? But <laughs> 
why? Like, why? Well, you so, follow up with the good busy. I'm good busy. Busy. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so yeah, I usually, I like to say, I prefer to say that life has been full. Like if someone asks like, how you doing? I'm like, well, life is full, but it's, 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 and I try not to use the word, but, um, yeah. So it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> um, but sorry, a little bit more about me. Originally, I'm from Chicago. I currently live in North Carolina uh, in a town called Fuqua Marina, which uh, I highly recommend that we all try to pronounce it once you see the way it's spelled. Uh, we'll have to like make a note somewhere in the podcast or something. Um, but Fuqua Marina is in the Raleigh area of North Carolina, and it is a small little town that I absolutely love. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be talking with you, Barry. <laughs> me too. Uh, um, thank you for coming on. It's, it's cool to have you on here. And the town is really cool. So we come down there. That's where the original Strength Institute that Danny and Sam co-own is run out of. And that's where almost all of the pro courses are held. And at OS, they'll throw these recess weeks where they do several workshops. And you get to actually spend like a few days in the town. And you actually get to see the town a little bit. Not that it's a big town to venture out at. But you get to go to the good restaurants. You get to go to the good barbecue spot and, and, and you know, the beer joints. Um, and it is at one of those recess weeks that I launched a course. We haven't been able to make it happen since, but I have an original strength DVRT ultimate sandbag training course called dynamic strength. And just the fact that that thing exists is one of the reasons why I love Danny and Tim and, and the OS fam so much. It was basically, I was like, I'm thinking of this idea for a course. Cause when I teach these things, the systems I teach for, I see how they all cross lines and, and support each other. And you guys are just like, yeah, do it. Sure. Do it. We'll Let's, do it. Let's do it. Go do it. You want to write a book? Go do it. Now I have to write a book. Um, so just the appreciation of being super supportive, whereas all the groups I'm involved in are super supportive, but you guys have like the most direct access in terms of that. Like it feels like the less hoops to make any of that happen. It's just like, yeah, if you're going to do it, like, let's go do it. Awesome. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, I feel like we're so blessed to have so many awesome people with so much experience and background around them. And we really believe that the things that we're doing, we're, we want to collaborate. We want to work with other methods. It's just another tool to help people move better, to feel better, to do things better. So why not start, you know, letting people find other ways to do that? It's, it's all serving the same mission. We're all trying to, you know, get people moving, change the world through movement, you know, fill people with hope, let them do the things they want. So might as well, uh, get it out there however you see fit and whoever else sees fit. True. And, and OS is one of those nice organizations and families uh, that we're not stuck by standing behind a certain set of initials. Like sometimes, like I hate to say it, I know like friends of mine come into the city that'll teach for another organization and like I don't get to see them because it's a different set of initials. Um, and at OS, we have everybody's from different groups, right? Um, so it's a really nice meeting ground where we get to hang out where we might not get to hang out at a course or something together. Uh, so I always appreciate that aspect of it. Well, cool. Yeah. It, it's ego free too. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, well, let's just talk, let's, let's talk about this. So I met my introduction to OS was the becoming bulletproof book that Tim put out. And then I was an assistant instructor at the second strong for a certain Boston. And Tim was also an assistant instructor. So, and I knew Jeff already from a couple of courses and I wanted to have you guys come down to, uh, 
to Five Points Academy to, to do the first one in New York. And this is when it was just become, it was switching from becoming yeah. Bulletproof the workshop to Original Strength. Yeah. You guys were so booked up because I think that cert was in April that uh, January was the earliest we got. And fortunately the weather worked in our favor. Um, but just getting to hang with Tim and Jeff together, um, you know, as just working this cert was really cool. And I actually tweaked my hamstring during a snatch test and Tim had come over and given me some stuff outside of the book, uh, to try to feel better, uh, not to heal me in any way, but just to feel better. And it like legitimately worked and reading. Surprise. Yeah, I know. Right. Reading is, is, it took me about like four years, I think in the industry to actually read a book on movement and understand like in my head picture what it, I'm, I'm reading in, mm -hmm. in actual image. And I think OS is one of those where when you have the courses, it feels so different to have somebody taking you through it and trying it and playing with it because plays a big part of what we do in it. Um, but the book is also one of the most direct books. Like I, I've said this on several posts and blogs, like OS is the only book I've given my mom <laughs> in fitness. And then she was doing like yoga pushups like four months later, um, mom versions of them. So I was stoked for her on that. And I think it's just one of those like widely applicable things that we do. And with that, and with so many people catching on to that, the, the course has grown. The, the, the organization has grown dramatically. I mean, how many, it originally started with you, Tim, Jeff, and Mike, as, and, and Joe at that time, right, as instructors. And Dan uh, Barrows. And yep. Dan, that's right. And now how many instructors do we have? uh 16 instructors and then we've got over 200 coaches now worldwide so and growing daily right so that's folks that's a, only in four years that's like pretty unheard of and it's gone international we've been all over the world with it i taught one of my like dream gigs last year was i taught in perth last year at tc lee's place um get results and i know uh, one of the cool things that I get to do as a lead instructor and someone that's taught a, f a number of these is like I get to help the next round of instructors come up. So Piers Quan is now teaching those out there, um, saving us all the airfare. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because he's actually here in the States at our, hanging with us all week this week. So oh, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, he's here. And, and actually TC, your buddy that hosted in Perth is actually hosting another one. Uh, in about three weeks, I think about maybe a month. So yeah, I think I saw a post about that. Yeah. So you know, it's been this really outstanding growth. We've been in Germany and, uh, you know, I was just talking to Danny about this before we hopped on. I found out last night we're doing the first one in Japan. Uh, we're going to do it in Tokyo with my friends, Travis and Calorie. And it is five from the original sellout numbers. We got 25 people coming in and we're going to raise the max up to that. So uh, really um, excited about the growth. But how have you handled the growth from a management side and an organization side, because like, look, I've been there through some of the growing pains, not that there was anything negative, but you know, we're friends amongst this as well, to have something that not only grows, but grows internationally, the logistics of that. And then also, and I'll talk about this a little after, you have a very good structure. I want to talk about the, the leadership assistant type of structure after we get past this, but managing the like really exponential quick growth of this. And I wish that there I was a short answer for this because it's going to go kind of long. But please, um, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't think anyone's prepared necessarily for growth when it happens that fast. Uh, you know, it was it was so exciting as it happened, and um, we we're super pumped about it. And then all of a sudden, it was just like boom! Like, what day is it? 
where am I going next? Like, am I going to be able to fly Tim here and then somewhere else the next weekend? Is his wife going to kill me? Is he going to be able to be there for his family? Uh, you know, can we start moving other people up the ranks? It was so many pieces um, to this. I, I would say, you know, some of the things that we started to do was really just try to, um, so actually here's, here's one big thing that works for us. Uh, we knew that we were getting really busy. And so we actually said, Hey, we're not going to do any workshops in November, December, and the first weekend of January, like first couple weeks of January. And that was like our really like solid planning time. And we took this time that we were like, okay, nothing going on. We're going to just be here, be present, work with our group. So, you know, one of our big things with original strength is, you know, we try to build a really strong family bond community. Um, and so we really focused on building that getting our infrastructure in place. So getting all those systems and processes in place that are incredibly important for any small business, especially us. Um, and as we got to focus on those systems, we kept finding more and more people like that want to come in that want to be a part of the family. And so like fostering that family community and then asking for help. Um, so, you know, being willing to, to, um, to hand things over, to delegate, to keep an open mind on things, to ask for help when we didn't know where to go. You know, I've got, we've, I've worked with, um, two or three different, three different business coaches. We've got, um, you know, we've got John on our team as, uh, one of our co-owners who is, uh, has a background managing businesses and, you know, he's, he's not got the fitness background, but his background is all in managing larger scale businesses. So we were able to bring in someone like him to help come in and help with the management aspect of things, as well as, uh, starting to hire out, uh, and, and, you know, bringing in someone like, uh, Jill Green, who's like my, savior. She's amazing. She helps me get so much stuff done. She is just incredible. She is a details oriented, task oriented person and she just kills it. So, uh, getting help and opening the doors, like just, just being willing to learn and, and slow and also like learning how to slow it down. Uh, not trying to always keep going and going all the way up. Like sometimes you really need to have that plateau, uh, of time where you can just kind of sit and adjust to what's here now. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, you no, know, it makes total sense. When you first, when you hit your first plateau, was it scary? Like, was it a little oh, weird yeah. to see it take a moment? Yeah, I was like, oh, what did I do wrong? Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, of course, I, I'm sitting here trying to blame myself, and and I at the same time, I was like, honestly, to me, I was like, oh, thank God, like you knew I needed to slow down. Like, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't. I mean, we all needed to just take a minute, and uh, it's really cool how those seem to work at the right times. Like they don't necessarily always feel like they're coming at the right time. And then you're like, wow, if things would have kept going, this would have kept, you know, being a total mess or, uh, you know, I, I, I would have been a total mess. You know, it gives us time to really sit back and really adjust and make any changes that are needed. And when I say a total mess, things were, these things were working, things were functioning, but without all the systems in place that we really want, uh, it's really hard to, you know, to be a, an amazing business, you know? Yeah. And I think it, like saying amazing business as opposed to just fitness business or, or, you know, is important because I think there's so many parallels to what we do mm -hmm. that are just with any business. Like you could start a, a com that suddenly starts blowing up or open up a shop and these things happen. And, you know, I'm going to admit like six months into uh, being an independent trainer, I still feel like I'm like, I have a certain amount of systems in place for myself, but they're, I still feel like I'm like, 
on the uh, hamster wheel a little bit, trying to find the most efficient way so I'm not running as much on the hamster wheel every time. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, I think like if I had to give a piece of advice to any, anyone in the business industry, like just owning a business or running a business or specific to training is don't be afraid to get a coach. Like we are being hired to coach other people to live their lives better and to move better. Like sometimes we need coaches to help us figure out our businesses better and to coach us through that. And that's, that's been a really, really helpful piece for us uh, is when you have that outside opinion and someone that's focused on just that, uh, it makes a really big difference on, on what you're able to do and what you're able to see. Yeah. I, Mark Fisher and I talked about that because now he consults, but he's also got, you know, the people that mentored him up that a lot of trainers, we get very good at this aspect of what we do training and we think it's, you know, the business part's going to be easy. And then everybody's somewhat, you know, a lot of trainers go into that unprepared for how much work it is thinking that I'll, I'll just work the hours on the floor and that'll take care of the business. But then you have the business hours on top. Yeah. So you need to have infrastructure in place so that you can actually, once you open a gym, being a trainer sort of second, you know, being the gym owner is first. I think uh, finding help for that's huge. Oh yeah. It's, and <clears throat> that's actually kind of how I got more and more involved with original strength and you know, where I am now is, you know, as Tim and Jeff were growing, uh, and Tim specifically was also going out and teaching so often that, and, you know, we have our, our facility here. Um, there's a lot of things that have to happen to keep things running smoothly. And so, you know, it's, it's been really awesome to have, to be able to kind of support Tim and let, and have him kind of go out and, you know, be the face and to, to really get the word out and for us and so myself and, and our team here to, you know, make sure that he can continue to do that. So it's, you know, determining your roles and uh, those processes, again, it's just so important. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think now's the time that Danny and I like to talk about doing shots whenever we're hanging out. So uh, Danny had the idea, we're going to do a tequila shot right now, which you guys will not see, but cheers. Oh. hold on. Oh, oh, yeah, you yeah. Gotta, you, you can drink straight from the bottle? No, okay, I won't drink out of the bottle. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, cheers to continued success. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, I just had a sip of coffee a little bit before that, too, so it was like a nice, nice mix. I have to thank Ray and Liz for the uh, wedding tequila I just drank. It's very good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> um, let's talk about you know, you mentioned Tim being the face of it, but we had this cool thing. So Kim and I went on our honeymoon in Chicago and it just turned for Riot Fest. And it just turned out that you were also out. Uh, where were you speaking while you were in Chicago? I was speaking uh, in Schaumburg at the Elite Fitness and Performance Summit, uh, which is put on by uh, Fitness Revolution. And it is a, a group that does business coaching and they are fantastic. Uh, and I was actually there with Mark Fisher, who you just uh, interviewed a couple weeks ago. Yep. And uh, some other seriously amazing people. Uh, it was it was really one of the best uh, events that I have been to ever. Uh, and not even just in the fitness industry, because I've been to outside events as well. It was so well done. I learned so much. And the people there were just amazing people. It was awesome. It made me really happy to see a picture of uh, you and Mark. She texted me a picture of her and Mark <laughs> together. And unfortunately, it would be like we couldn't line it up. The weird thing when we were in Chicago, because there was another course with some friends that uh, Suzanne Coe was hosting, but everything was sort of oddly 30 to 45 minutes away from everything else. So it was hard to line up, but we actually managed to 
you got to meet Kim in the airport on the way home. Which made me great. so happy. Yeah, we didn't think that was happening. I said, hey, we're close. And you'd be like, ha ha. <laughs> then I'm like, no, literally, I'm three gates away from you. I was like, yes. It was so, awesome. So congrats. But that's like you're starting to become like a, a face and a voice, not just, I think, for OS, but also just for women in business. Um, Kristen Callahan's the next guest. But we, inter- we, we spoke yesterday. And, you know, just the the need demand and, and that the, you guys, you women are there now. It's just yeah. having the access that, you know, the opportunities to speak more. Cause I think it, it has been a pretty big boys club on a, on a high level. And I think that's super cool that not only are you able to branch out of OS, but also uh, as a woman in the, as, as a, as a woman in the business, um, where do you see that trend going? Do you think we're, we're finally making some better progress I think it's definitely getting there. Um, actually, next weekend I'm doing a women's only entire weekend collaborative event where we've got uh, different female professionals from uh, several different uh, organizations coming in to teach, and I'm super pumped about it. But yeah, I mean, the more and more uh, opportunities that women are getting to present and women are getting respect uh, that you know to an, an, an acknowledgement, and it's cool like to be invited. And, and I was like, oh, cool. And then you told me I was number three. And then I was like, Oh, I'm also the first female that's been on your podcast. And yeah. I was like, that's really cool because you know, this just, you don't hear, unless it's a female uh, podcaster, you don't really as frequently hear, um, women on male podcasts. I'm not saying that sounds terrible. I'm not, I don't want to delete that or anything. No, but, no, no, no. It, it, uh, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's super true. And it, it was very deliberate that I, uh, I met that I didn't just have like, Hey, here's the new podcast and here's seven guys in a row and and one one woman and i wanted to be like all right who's that who's who's gonna be the first one and it wasn't like who's just available it was like danny it had to be you thank you um you know like i want to kick this off by shining a light on people that are 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 close to me and important to me uh and then also when when you guys hear Kristen talk uh it's a great episode at least in my opinion i mean hell that's objective as hell it's my podcast of course (laughs) i'm going to say that but also to start shining some light on um newer coach, not necessarily newer coaches, but coaches that you might not have heard from because they're not presenting, um, you know, at a perform better or assisting at a course or, you know, that are just great coaches out there. There's so many of us that I I wish there was like a way for us all to network. And I guess perform better right now is probably the greatest way to do that. Um, but on a more like intimate, not dirty way, but you know, personal way to get to know (laughs) each other. Um, so I think that's great that you're getting those opportunities to speak because I know, you know, again, it's, it's DVRT. It's like everybody knows Josh Hankin, right? Josh is very much the, the, the face of DVRT and Jessica, his wife now is getting more and more um, support media coverage. She's stepping out of, uh, you know, her comfort zone and being out there. But for those of us in that program, like for those of us with OSRU, you two ladies do like a ton of the heavy lifting, no pun intended, in running the business and getting stuff out there. So props to you. And I think that becomes like an uneven perception sometimes out there of like who's, you know, who's doing all the work versus like behind the scenes what's happening. Yeah. Cheers. Plus with all of that, um, I've probably had more conversations with Danny while walking or while she was driving um, because juggling this growing business and being a mom of two, um, how is that? How do you find balance there? How do you how do you um, prioritize your time to find a balance there? Well, I will not lie; I am still working on finding that balance. Uh, 
And there are days where I don't know if that exists, to be honest. I, I, I don't, but uh, I, I uh, actually working with my coach over this last couple months here, um, you know, one of the main focuses has really been like pulling out like your type priorities and seeing like what really does matter. And for me, uh, it's just, it seems like a no brainer. I mean, my, my kids and my family are number one. Um, so everything is going to revolve around them right now. So, uh, when I say that, you know, I, I love, I really love what I do. I mean, I, I feel so fortunate to be uh, a part of original strength and original strength Institute. Um, and I also feel like it's really awesome that my kids are getting to see their mom help build two businesses and uh, work her butt off. Uh, but I also want them to always know that they were always my priority and that I was doing that for them. Like I want to be able to help leave this company behind uh, so that there is a legacy there uh, for them, you know, so that they, they are my legacy, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I look at it as a way for me to teach my kids what, uh, what one, what, they are capable of doing what women are capable of doing. Like I want my daughter to be able to see that she can run a business, that she can be a mom, that she can be strong, that she can be, you know, whatever it is that she wants and that she is. Um, and so, you know, that, I mean, just that's it. Like it's my kids are number one. Um, so, you know, there's, there's been times where I've, I've cut it a little close where I've, um, you know, maybe skirted and shorted uh, areas of my life that I didn't want to. And I always used to look at it like, oh, I could do yes. I was the yes person. And, and I, I've really learned more and more now to start saying no, to cut out the things. Like, even though I really want to do something or I really want to help somebody else, if it's, I, I started looking at it to the point of where, you know, if I've got this pie and I keep wanting to, you know, to sort of give a little bit more to somebody else, I want to give a little bit more to somebody else while I'm taking away from my kids. Like, I'm literally taking pie away from my kids. Um, <laughs> So, you know, uh, the more and more that I keep giving of myself to others and to other projects, it's just taken away from my kids and my husband. So, you know, and I, I that's like something I want to note too is, uh, you know, my husband, I, I think I'm very fortunate to have him um, in that, you know, he puts up with a lot from me <laughs> because as you know, when you own a small business uh, and I have two of them, again, these are two separate businesses. Uh, it doesn't just shut off. It's not just a nine to five job and, and just in the fitness industry in general. I mean, I'm up at four 30 or five in the morning and um, I'm fortunate to not have to work nights anymore so that I can be with my family. But you know, I'm always here. I'm always working in my head. You know, I'm my, my brain is always going. It is, it is very hard to slow that down. So uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm super grateful to have someone that can understand how much uh, how much it's still going all the time. That brain is still going. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, yeah. No, that makes total sense. It's, <laughs> it's a constant struggle and reevaluation, reevaluation for me. One of the reasons why I left MFF was to have control of my schedule so I could prioritize the kids and Kim. Um, because last year in particular, I, I, I was very much so in go for it mode. Like I just, I love teaching and I love traveling and it's weird. I like being on airplanes. I like being in hotels and yeah. I, I like that whole hustle and meeting new people. So last year I, I taught a lot and traveled a lot. Like, you know, that Australia trip to yeah. Perth, I landed on a Friday at like 2 a.m., taught Saturday, taught a DVRT course Sunday and Sunday night by 7 p.m. was on my way home. 
right? So I was only on the ground maybe 10 hours longer than I was in the air. That's crazy. And it was super fun. Like I, I would, I would do it again, but then like a month later I was in Japan for a week. And then I was in, you know, from that course, actually, I, I came back from Perth and four days later drove to Maine for something. And then straight from that to teach OS in Clifton Park near Albany. So yeah. last year I knew like as much as I love doing it, both my heart hurt, but like, I know my kids were like, where's my dad? Yeah. And I left, I left MFF so I can control my schedule thinking online was going to be the answer and I'm still doing online. I'm just not going to grow it as much because the problem with online more than one-on-one or semi-private is it's always on, right? You're getting uh, program questions, video submissions at all hours. And the thing I'm doing now is trying to be very much ahead of the game and being like, guys, I'm going to be with my kids this, you know, starting Friday, I'm not going to be around. Um, when I went to ride fest for the honeymoon, it was the first time, I think since I've had a, you know, an, an iPhone or a space phone that I took the email off and I deleted Facebook and messenger and I just had Instagram, but my, um, my camera phone right now is a little messed up for pictures. Uh, just so that I didn't have that. And I can't tell you how many times I took out my phone to hit mail. Like oh, just, it, 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 at least 30 times the first day, 10 times a second. And then I got used to it. And then of course on the airplane home, I'm like, Right before we went on, I unloaded it all and was like, it's mostly spam. So it was good. <laughs> but it's, it's a constant juggle, especially not only does the business in some ways demand that amount of attention because we're dealing with, you know, uh, individuals instead of corporations usually, right? Like uh, in advertising, you deal with corporations and they tend to have shutdown hours, even though a lot yeah. of those are random too. But you're dealing with individuals who need you and want to have that access and sometimes, you know, like really deserve the access to, to us. So to be able to turn that off is hard. So now I'm like actually limiting my online training and starting to build up again, like doing classes in one-on-one so that I can control that schedule. Yeah. And it's not perfect yet because now I'm working more mornings mm-hmm. um, and I'm focusing on growing the business differently. Like I'm just signed up with a, or in the process of signing up with a networking service. Um, but it's always like this fluid thing of like, well, this seems like it's going to work. 20% of it worked. 80% didn't. How do I modify the business model to make that happen? Yeah. It's always, I, I you know, it, it's always just start where, start where you are and just, just do what you can with what you have. And I, I, I say this, that quote all the time. Uh, but you know, everything like, you know, this morning, uh, my, my whole, I was telling him before we get on the call, you guys, that, uh, my day was just completely unplanned. Like just everything, like it was, it was, it's been a great day, but like people showed up early. Some people didn't show up. Um, I had a car problem. Like it, it like I ran out of gas. I, it's a bunch of stuff guys. So, but you know what? Like, I'm not going to like write that down as a bad day and like be like, Oh, Oh, screw that. Like it's, it's over. I can't do anything. Right. You know, like just keep going and you just go with what you have. And, um, I mean, it's the same thing with work, you know, I mean, I've tried plenty of different things, uh, and you know, modalities, uh, working locations. I, you know, we, I think most of us have all worked in some of the larger scale gyms, uh, and, you know, uh, kind of started to learn a little bit more about what kind of businesses we wanted to run ourselves. Uh, if you've run your own business, you've definitely made mistakes, which is how we are learning in the first place. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's insane. Uh, life is just crazy, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. (laughs) I can't, I still have moments where I can't believe I'm here. Like I'll say every time I head on an airplane to go teach a course, 
it, it basically comes down to, you know, Ben wasn't born at that time, but it's like trying to get strong for Sadie and then later Ben and falling in love with a kettlebell. Like the whole thing was basically like, I need to be a strong parent and I loved kettlebells and all this other fitness stuff grew out of that. And to think that these opportunities are here and you know, that people are, you know, uh, not only giving me the opportunity to teach like you guys do, but also that I get paid to do it. It's shocking. And, you know, around the time that I got into fitness as a full-time trainer, like not all that long, like I want to say like six to nine months later is when the marriage ended. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like traveling around a bunch and like couch surfing a bit. And, you know, so for my kids, what I try to show them through that. And now when I'm traveling more just for work is like that they're always on my mind you know, and that I'm trying to help people. And I think that's one of the nice things in this industry is you can really break out and like your kids understand that. Right. It's also like we could be doctors and having those insane hours. Right. Uh, uh, so I was gonna say like, it's also super awesome that our kids are seeing how we are coaching others, helping them be a better person and how we are, you know, how fitness and health and wellness is important to us. Like my kids will work out with me. They press reset with me. They come to the gym. They enjoy it. They'll cheer people on. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's so cool. Like, well, I, I noticed this. I didn't say this at the airport, but when we were talking at the gate, both of your kids literally started leopard crawling over the uh, chairs. Right? <laughs> like, my kids are very active. <laughs> well, it's funny. So my kids aren't – Ben, my son is very active. Sadie is getting there. Um, she's, she's a thinker, writer, reader, like she loves to read. So that's like her, her, her thing. But it's funny. I literally asked them both, um, Sadie two days ago and Ben and her again yesterday, like, do you guys want to start strength training with me? Like, they were like yes. awesome. but I was like, look, we're not really just going to be all play. Like I'm going to teach you very specific things to work on and get good at. And we'll strength train together. And they were both like down for it. And that's I think they're cool. finally in an age to do it. Cause like, you know, when it comes to like lifting a deadlift, like trying to teach like, uh, you know, a, a seven-year-old how to keep a neutral spine is <laughs> really tougher than you would think because uh, they're so bendy. But I think it is a good thing to be a role model, especially, you know, look, I think in Brooklyn, the tide's turning where there's a lot of very healthy parents. And, but, you know, I'll say going to Riot Fest and you see a lot of middle-aged you know, former skaters or former band guys. And you see a lot of, you know, uh, over, I'm not making fun of anybody folks, but you see a lot of overweight dudes and cargo pants and, you know, both men and women. But like, when I look at, when I see the dudes, I'm like, that's the path I was on before I had a kid. I was definitely going to be massive beer belly guy in the camo shorts and the double XL shirt and the baseball cap backwards. Like that's, clearly where I was going until I had that. And I'm also not claiming that I'm like 10% body fat. Like I have my priorities. Uh, I like to drink beer occasionally um, or more often than occasionally. And, you know, I like donuts and ice cream, but I get my lifting in and, you know, I, I know where to moderate and I'm getting better and better at that because that's part of my uh, systems <laughs> I need to work on because I'm always running around and it's like I'm an instant gratification guy and I totally get it but I can see where I'm at for my kids and what they have as a role model versus if I was that other guy and that other guy, let's, I'm going to put it plainly, was making a lot more money. Um, I thought was working crazier hours than I'd ever work as a trainer, but I think as a trainer, I actually work or at least used to work way worse hours than I ever did in visual effects. Um, but at the bottom of the day, like they know there's a good cause behind it and you know, like a, a belief. And I think it's one of the things I love about our industry it's like, who else gets to say that you're in it to help people, right? Um, 
so it's important. I think it's really cool uh, for your kids and for any of those trainers, because I know we all have that struggle of like just wanting to be with the kids more, uh, especially for any non-trainers listening. Um, what would you think the most busy hours for trainers are? They're before people go to work and after. And when are you usually seeing your kids before work and after? Right. So there is a sacrifice there. And it's, it's one of those reasons why I got my kids middle names tattooed on my knuckles so that even though I was pseudo homeless at the time, like they know wherever I am, like that they're, they're literally on my hands. I'm thinking of that. That's awesome. That got deep and heavy. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it, if, listen, if you can't give the best of you to your kids, what's the point? Like, you know, like give the best of yourself to them. And I, I mean, that's awesome. And let them know where they stand. I mean, that's that's what it's all about and it's amazing how much having kids like you just said kind of can change your purpose like it, it it motivated you to do something else and it's amazing how many people will come in to to want to work with you or because they want to be there for their kids or their grandkids you know I work with a lot of older adults and they they want to be able to be around for their kids and grandkids for as long as possible they want to play with them they want to live and, and do things and and that's that. I mean, that really gets my wheels turning. I, I love working with older adults, uh, especially. Yeah. I mean, that's where the, the whole die mighty thing grew out of. And you, you were there. We were yeah. talking. Um, I was teaching this dynamic, excuse me, dynamic strength course. And, you know, my whole thing is this. I'm turning 45 next month in October and how I viewed what I wanted to do as fitness goals are definitely changing. Um, you know, maximal loads and PRs are way less important to me than they ever were before. And, you know, just moving well and being pain free and staying strong, like not getting weaker. Um, the, the long haul is way more important than what my deadlift or what my press is going to be or how heavy my get up's going to be. And I still challenge myself because we have to challenge ourselves, but I don't have to like, jump the shark and gun it because look in training injuries happen right in any sport injuries happen i was talking to my friend nelson uh this morning who was hit by a, a garbage truck and he lost uh, ultimately after trying to save his leg he lost his part of his right leg below the knee and how people were giving him shit for still skateboarding as an older guy and it's like but you know people get wrecked anywhere you know, and you could, you know, people like, well, you should stop skateboarding, but you just blew your knee out snowboarding. Why is snowboarding better? Or you were playing a pickup game of basketball. Is that a phrase, pickup game of basketball? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I did it, guys. I fake sports talk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, blew your knee out or your shoulder out on that. It's, it's a, it, but the thing is, and this is what I love with what OS resonates with me, is like we shouldn't stop these things, no. right? We, we need to be physical. We need to keep moving because when we stop, things do start to fall apart and it gets only more and more difficult to keep moving and recover and make changes from that. Now you should not give up hope. You can still make these changes, but they're going to take longer to enact. Like for me, I blew my shoulder out skateboarding and it was a very painful recovery. I was not physically fit. I was like skateboarder fit. Like I could skate like a long time, but like was not fit. And then I blew my knee out three years later and I was fit and my recovery on my knee was amazingly fast. Uh, not only the fact that I was actually for the first time in my life able to comfortably like tie my shoelaces without bending my legs because I couldn't, you know, so I think it's important not to do it. So we were teaching this course and I, I think at the time I said something about, you know, die strong uh, as opposed to just live strong. I want you to die strong. And then that became like a chant through the pro course. I think Jeff started shouting it out and you and Tim and it was from there that like die mighty became die mighty. I just thought it sounded better. But I, I, think, awesome. <laughs> I think that is the thing, like the goal, if you're a competitor, a triple, you know, having a, a quadruple bodyweight deadlift's awesome. 
But if you're a dad or a mom who just wants to be able to pick up their kids and go run around on the soccer field with them, like it's kind of like redundant to have that, right? We just need to move around. You know, uh, sorry, I just, I just had a conversation with a, a woman today. I've been training her and her husband. His, her husband's 89. She's, uh, I, I want to say she's like 78. And we had a conversation about this this morning. Her, her husband's been, um, he has like three cancers right now. Um, and he like has stitches in his arm. And uh, he, he can't, you know, obviously he, he uh, because of the stitches, isn't able to come in. And so she was telling me about him. And she's like, man, he, he's just like aching to get in here. And, you know, we started talking about it more and, you know, she's, she's got a, um, a degenerative, uh, spinal issue that she's got going on. And, you know, most people at 78 years old would say like, why you don't need to be doing anything. You need to rest. You need to not do anything. And she's in here because, and this is what we talked about is that she wants to be in the facility. She wants to be moving. She wants to be Mm. able to, uh, to live. And that's what we were talking about is surviving versus living, you know, like yeah. I, it just, I mean, it really, it, the, the number of people that you see in a nursing home that have just quit trying to do the things they love. Like if they want to skateboard, I see no problem with a 78 year old skateboarding. If that's what they love. I mean, I'm not saying you should do it if you don't have your balance and you're all out of whack and you're going to get hurt. <laughs> like, but if they're training to skateboard, like I want them to skateboard. I, I want you to ski. I want you to uh, ride motorcycles or get on the floor with your kids, your grandkids, you know, and, um, it's, it's, it's so much more than just, uh, being fit even it's, it's just living your life the way that you're supposed to be able to do the things that you want to do for as long as you want. Yeah. It fires me up. So when, when Nelson and I were having this conversation, you know, he's going to skate again, you know, he's, he, he, I just know (laughs) it. And it's just, awesome you know despite all these naysayers that are like you shouldn't even been on it to begin with and i've had that too it's like you know i've had two surgeries from skateboard i've been hospitalized a bunch bmx bike put me in the hospital a couple times but how many people have been hospitalized and laid up for nothing right a pothole a slip and fall on some ice like anything can take you out at any moment so do you live your life in fear of that or you charge it now i'm not saying being reckless because like i will say this i am like not the brave man at the skate park that I used to be <laughs> old men were supposed to be okay. Pool skating. And that's what took me out. No, that's, that's knowledge. That's just, um, a- <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to be realistic of where you're at, but try to get better at it. But I think that is totally what fuels me now. Cause I look at where I'm at in my mid forties and I look at where I'm at in my twenties and like, I'm in better shape and stronger than I ever was. You know, I'm, I think I move better than I was. And I, in some ways, I'd say in almost every way, I'm way more comfortable in my skin as a human being uh, than I ever was. And I think that's super cool. And I think that's one of those things uh, that we get to share in the fitness world is, is that opportunity that people dig on it. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, I don't like singling out genders, but let's be honest. When you talk about pull-ups around women, it's usually the first thing they're like, never, I don't have lats. Yeah. Right? It's never going to happen. And then they get that first chin up or pull up and they're so stoked because no matter what age you're at, you make that happen and it's like legit and it's real. And once your chin goes over the bar, no one can take that that away from you. Like you did it. I didn't hold on to you. There was no band. You just did it. And it's such an awesome thing to see. Or when somebody does do a heavy deadlift, um, you know, for the first time and they're like, I picked up my body weight. It's, it's completely unexpected. I know for me getting into kettlebells, the first time I did a, a, a 36 K pistol squat on my repaired knee, right? So I have a, a, a cadaver tendon for a PCL on my left knee. And I never thought ever 
I would be able to do a single leg squat of any type, but then to load it, now mind you right now, I'm not necessarily going to go out and start loading heavy pistol squats. Now I got to re sort of rethink that to some degree for myself. But, uh, you know, if you accept limitations, your life is only going to get smaller. You have to really push on those boundaries, but allow that process to be gradual. Yeah. Uh, this is where that whole hope and faith and uh, all of that comes in right there. Like, uh, honestly, I 100% believe that whatever it is that I want to do, that I can do that. And I believe that you can do that. And I believe that people I'm working with can do that. You know, and, and, and granted, there are some stupid things. And again, that's experience and knowledge, like within reason. I'm not going to say I, I am going to, I don't know, jump so high that I can get into another stratosphere into the stratosphere you know whatever obviously but um I, I just totally believe that whatever it is that we want is so achievable if we're willing to do the work for it you know and um and just having like the belief and the hope for other people like i've, I've worked with a lot of people with disabilities uh and in this this boy uh he had cerebral palsy and his he just wanted to walk um and you know i i believe that you know, like just having the hope and the, the work towards wanting to walk, like this kid went from not being able to do anything on his own to being a little bit more independent, like getting in his own bed, pulling up his own blankets, using, um, being a little bit more able to use the bathroom on his own, like having that hope that, that you're making progress. And we have our second cut out of the day. I there you are. I think I just cut out again. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. It's okay. Cool. We're going to keep rolling though. We're going to keep okay. rolling. Okay. Okay. Well, I was just saying, you know, just, just having hope is, is so crucial, so important to, uh, you know, it's just to life in general, but as a coach to be able to instill that level of hope, uh, in a person's, uh, programming i mean it's not not in a program it's just it's just life you know like mm -hmm. being able to to give them hope that they can do what they want they can that they can get there just just that taste of you know it's you got this like uh, I, I know that was something that you and tim definitely and and, and jeff ingrained in me because i think you know I, I never accepted limitations but actually the use of the word hope and i was going to ask you about it and you, you beat me to it which is great uh I never thought of it that way. And I think it's important to the point where some of my branding now, like when I do just coach fury, I'll, I'll write strength, hope fury as my tagline. Um, because you have to want better. You have to work to better. Right. Cause, uh, what did I, 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 a friend used a tagline. He wrote a blog for me. Uh, hope is not an action step, right? You can't just hope you have to put the work in, but you also have to have hope, but hope itself you know, it doesn't necessarily going to get you somewhere. You got to put the work in for it. And I think that's so important because I think no matter what you're coming into in terms of what kind of clients come to you as a trainer or, or in a gym, everyone wants to get better at something and everyone doubts that they can. Yeah. Very few people come into a gym being like, I'm going to get super strong and super shredded. They're like, I want to get super strong or super shredded. And you can already hear it in their voice, that self-doubt. Yeah. Right? And that's where the hope comes in. So I, I love that you brought that up without me having to uh, hit on it because uh, it's literally part of my branding. Yeah, uh, that's that's it's just part of the, everything that I'm doing. You know, uh, it's it's such a huge part of 
of what I feel like is, is needed to be a good coach. Um, you know, when, when you can't like, you need to be able to instill that into your clients, into your, I honestly, I believe every single person that you're around, like, uh, well, how much awesome, like how much cooler and awesomer, that's not even a word. Would it be if that was our goal of every single person that you're meeting with, like, is just to, just to let them know, like, what's out there let them know what they're capable of like let them know how much hope and how much love is like there for them and what they're you know i just i don't know that, that's my <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the great things of, of, that tim brought to it in the early growth of it in particular because tim i had never met somebody sort of like tim before that you can see in his eyes when he says he's going to do something that he's going to do it no matter how off the wall it is yeah you know what i mean like i just like you know, the, the mile crawl that everyone talks about, um, he Spider-Man crawled a mile, what blows my mind. And I tell this at a lot of the, the courses I teach is like, you know, his warm up was getting out of the car and his cool down was getting back in the car. And then you meet, uh, I met John Brookfield at your barrel training cert. And you're like, duh, that's where Tim gets it from. Cause you look at John Brookfield and he's just like, he just believes it's going to happen. And it's not a false hope. Cause then he makes it happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, there's this fine line between like crazy intention and completely unrealistic. And both of those guys in particular that I've met really have that, you know, some of the stuff certainly that like Dave Whitley does, um, yeah. his sense of belief in that, you just don't doubt it. And it's really cool to witness. Cause I come from a more cynical background. Um, you super positive folks in fitness are new to me, right? Like <laughs> So new now, but like that was an adjustment to me. Um, and I remember just like Tim in particular being like, there's just something special about him in, in that way that it's not just how he's like purposely trying to carry himself. It's just how he carries himself and you see it without him trying versus it's easy for people to try to be a character. Uh, Tim's just Tim. And you just know, like if he wants to like move a wall, he's going to move a wall. Like I remember he was just like for a while. I, remember, I don't know if he still does yeah. it. The isometrics where he would just guys like Tim would just like find an odd angle of something like a TRX X S X mount S mount and just push on it <laughs> like right. really so, hard. I have a funny story about that. Like legit, like you know he'll be going and like pushing on a wall. And his goal was in his head he was trying to knock that wall over. Well, in our previous facility, our our building was just as old and it wasn't amazing. And I'd be sitting in there training, and all of a sudden I'd hear like. And like, literally guys, he moved the damn wall. Like I was like, you can't keep doing that. Like we got to stop this. I was like, you need to find a brick wall. No more. <laughs> like our wall. I mean, he literally moved the wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was cracking and creaking. It was a little scary, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, so that's awesome. The other thing I wanted to hit on before we wrap up is, um, you know, uh, play. Yeah. You know, the way you guys program has a, a heavy influence on play. And I know, you know, Matthew Myers has a program OS play, but I think it's also just inherent. It, it's a little bit more deliberately game focused what he, what he's doing, yeah. but just in your program, it's, it's a lot less rigid and plays a big part of it. Right. And just, even if it isn't like a game, it's just when we're crawling, we're supposed to have some more fun while we're crawling. And I think that's one of the things people get wrong quite often is they just start gunning for time and load without, you know, that sense of playing adventure that comes with it. Where do you see play fitting in with what you guys do and just fitness in general? Yeah. Well, listen, I think we all need to have more creative outlets. So when you, when you think of it that way, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, we have needs that we need to serve and, and creativity is something that 
we've kind of become robots, you know, people, people become robots or where they get in this mindset, especially adults, especially older adults, that it's no longer okay to play, that things aren't, uh, that things aren't supposed to be fun sometimes. And, and I just believe the complete opposite. Uh, you know, I, I could literally have fun picking up shit in my backyard and I'm sorry, I just swore on your podcast, but you know, uh, I've cursed uh, like a bunch. Good. <laughs> all right, good. Uh, I figured you had Mark on, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, um, play, play is important. You know, if, if you, again, getting that creative outlet, getting the brain, having fun, getting it flowing, uh, giving yourself a chance to make believe, to enjoy what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that thinks that you need to go to the gym and hate it and that you need to leave feeling totally drained, totally smashed. Uh, like I want you to go and do things that make you feel good because it feels good to feel good. Um, and you know, everything that we do, like whether it's the music that we play in our facility, whether it's, uh, the, the, the names that we call something, you know, when we're doing our leper crawl, like it's not uncommon to hear a, a sweet Austin powers voice come out as we're like crawling through the floor and, and imagining them to creep through the grass and be all sneaky, you know, like, I mean, we, you know, or, or if we're doing Spider-Man crawls, like there are web slinging, uh, wars going on, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's, you've got to be able to, um, to enjoy what you're doing. And, and I, I know that there's sometimes where it's like, you know, God, that really sucks today, but somehow you still enjoy it. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, the, the thing that I found with play is when you gamify things, the work capacity goes up because the, the mental, the, the approach is different. Oh, totally. Um, so I was known at M <laughs> largely probably thanks to you guys, but MFF, when I did when at MFF, yeah, brumbling where it's like we'd shoulder to shoulder, like sort of battle each other while crawling. That was one thing that the ninjas came up with. Like I didn't come up with that. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I, whenever I would come around to programming classes, they'd be like, oh, Fury's going to have us crawling a lot, which I would purposely not program some crawling in sometimes just to kind of give them the finger and be like, look, I can do <laughs> things. But, you know, people would like regret, call, would not look forward to crawling. And then I made a Star Wars game, right? I made a Hoth battle crawl game. So half the class would crawl very slow, like AT-ATs, and then half the class would be very fast snow speeders. And the goal was for the snow speeders to circle underneath the AT-AT. And if they did it, the AT-AT then had to go on their back and do dead bugs for like a count of 10 and then come back up and crawl. I love and it. all of a sudden, <laughs> people were racing around trying to topple AT-ATs and the AT-ATs had the chance to like grab them and then they, the, you know, the snow speeders would have to do it. But all of a sudden the work capacity shot up probably about 400% and people were having a blast. People are and, laughing. People are smiling. Like, And they're getting to know people that they might not know. Cause like, you know, the thing when you, um, when you have like a big play influence, sometimes you're going to have some people that are way introverted that don't feel comfortable. So you do have to create a space for that. So like you can just crawl yeah. along the wall if you don't want to play. Right? <laughs> yeah. But then suddenly that person who's crawling on the wall, sort of like at the school dance is like, you know what, I'm going to try to dance to this track. And they, they hop out. And the longer that I've been in, in, in fitness is, you know, you don't have to do a ton to actually get strong and, and move well. I think we'd like to make it sound like you have to do a lot of very specific things, but you have to move with intention and well, but you have to move and challenge yourself, but it, it doesn't have to be like an hour long beat down. It doesn't have to be, you know, like one of those classes where it's just nonstop interval training, you know, get on the treadmill, get off the treadmill, grab your dumbbells, do a lot of curls, get back on the treadmill. I might be dissing a system and that's okay. I'm not going to name any of the places, but you guys can put your, uh, 
probably figure it out. Um, you know, it's like these short bursts of intensity are more important off, often than like longer form things for general pop fitness, because that is going to be play. That is going to be doing something with your kids. That is going to be swimming on vacation. That is going to be hiking on vacation versus sometimes being so rigid in your movements that, well, and unless certain implements, you need to be very rigid in your movements. Um, but having both of those aspects to fill in all the gaps. And I think that's one of the great things that OS has done in my training is it's filled in the gaps without, uh, having to create tension, just moving and my body will create the tension needed reflexively, which is if you come to the course, that's kind of a big thing we talk about. Um, well with that play a lot, hope a lot, put in the work and you will all be awesome. Um, we're going to have to start wrapping this up. We've been talking for a while. This went really fast. Uh, <laughs> Andy, do you have any final words, anything coming up? Ah, well, uh, no, thank you for asking. Uh, I mean, there's lots coming up, <laughs> lots and lots of original strength workshops. Like I said, we've got a, uh, the first ever women's movement collaborative project is next weekend. Super pumped about all that. I think the biggest thing is guys like, uh, keep an open mind, collaborate, like, don't worry about like, just, just get as many tools as you can in your tool belt and work with everybody because we are all in this for the same reason. We want to help people. We want to help people move better and serve them as best as possible. So keep an open mind, learn as much as you can and just be nice to people like soak it up, like work with other people and see how you can collaborate and network because uh, I guarantee that the more that you work and listen to other people and care about the other people, not just your clients, uh, and other systems, the, the more that you're going to get out of it, the more your business is going to grow, the more that your clients are going to get out to, out of it. And it's just, I, I'm a big fan of collaboration and working together. So an open-mindedness. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you can find out all the upcoming courses at originalstrength.net and uh, hit up Danny on the book of faces um, and Instagram. One of the things that I, I, you know, Danny and I were talking about this earlier that I love is like, look, some of us as trainers deliberately sort of keep our kids removed from it. Um, the social media and it does become like a lot of fitness. And I know I have a hard time personally relating to that. So I'm not trying to use my kids or I'm sure Danny isn't as a marketing tool, but it's like part of our life that is, you know, if I'm going to share stuff, I'm going to share stuff. So I really appreciate that because it's hard when it's like, here's another bent press or something, you know, here's another <laughs> deadlift. I, I can't relate to that. Um, so check out that stuff. And uh, guys, if you're digging the podcast and want to show me some support, uh, coach, uh, sorry, go to patreon.com slash coach Fury podcast. That's P A T R E O N.com slash coach Fury podcast. And you can donate to this thing. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it regardless. Cause it's just super fun. It's been great having these hangouts, but uh, if you want to throw some financial support my way, please do. Uh, if you're interested in training, whether in person or online, check out coach Fury.com. Uh, if you're looking for an OS course, we're, we're starting to line another one up in New York um, that is in progress. So keep an eye out. There is a courses page for any of the things that I'm teaching um, that'll be coming up. And, you know, just keep listening. I hope you guys are getting a lot out of this. This is the third one, uh, the fourth interview that I've recorded. And it's been uh, really cool seeing how people relate without realizing it. Um, a lot of the commonalities, but also like some different perspectives that we're coming at. So that is the goal of this. Uh, Danny, can you end this by saying Dimeidy? Dimeidy! <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, shout out to the FTW for providing the music and Glenn Urieta, who's doing those awesome custom Godzilla pictures for the podcast. Super stoked to have those guys on. And again, thank you guys for listening. If you dig this, please uh, rate and review. I didn't realize going into this that that has a lot of, uh, carries a lot of weight. So uh, please take a moment to rate and review the show and keep looking out every Tuesday, Coach Fury Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner. That's me for Fury Industries, LLC. Music by the FTW. Visit the FTW.NYC for merchandise, tour info, and the record. Artwork provided by Glenn Urieta. Visit GlennUrieta.com. That is G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A or at Glenn Urieta on Instagram and Twitter.